What's happening? What's happening? Hold on. What's happening? I've decided that today we're going to be the ultimate mess. I'm a mess. I'm a mess. I'm the ultimate mess. I'm a mess. I'm a mess. I'm the ultimate mess. I'm a mess. I'm a mess. I'm the ultimate mess. Okay. So, um, as, as I record and it's my nose, it's currently 8 PM on a Sunday. Um, I like basically had strep and couldn't talk this morning. So here we are on 8 PM at 8 PM on a Sunday night. Um, I'm currently watching the Super Bowl by myself and to give you uh, to paint the picture here I don't know why I'm screaming at my tv but I am and I have so much energy doing it and I'm completely alone <laughs> but I can't help but scream at the tv because I'm voting or I'm rooting for um Casey voting for Taylor Swift's boyfriend's team and then I just saw, but hold on, but we have a dilemma. I just saw that Gaga is going for the 49ers and I had no idea what that was either, what they were either. God, I sound like an idiot. What they were either. They are a team. They're a sports team from San Francisco because I had to Google SF, San Francisco. Gaga's boyfriend works with some sort of institute, cancer research or whatever that supports the San Francisco that's why she's on that side. She's wearing the eye glitter mask things like she did when she performed uh, 2017, which was also the best year of my life. There has been so much Oklahoma on the Super Bowl today. What even? There's been so much like Oklahoma and pop culture over the past week. What even? So Reba McIntyre is from Oklahoma. She just sang the national anthem. Um... I'm going to tell my mom I said this later and I might have to take it out, but... Reba, I went to Reba's account to see just like, you know, just to see what she posted. And I go to her story and I knew this beforehand, of course, I already knew this, but it's like, whoa. And then the next picture is a picture of her with her boyfriend, Rex. And uh, my mom also dated Rex. I guess we're going to find out about some of my mom's boyfriends in this episode. Uh, my mom also dated Rex, Lynn. So yeah, there's that. Uh, Reba's current boyfriend. And so there's pictures of like Reba and Rex at the um, Super Bowl and it's just weird because he looks super old and he used to like take us to dog shows but then I'm watching Post Malone's like performance on the Super Bowl thing or whatever actually no no that's not true I was watching it on my phone I was watching his like what even was it it wasn't the national anthem he just sang like something to do with America and then it shows George Kittle guys George Kittle I don't know who that is other than the guy I went to high school with what the fuck what the fuck? Okay, I also knew this too. I knew he played I knew he played sports in like the major league or whatever. Like I sound like such a fucking idiot because I am a fucking idiot when it comes to football. I'm not a sports girly. I I'm not a sports girly. I'm I but I do love it. Like I do. I do. I actually do. My dad played for OU. I'm all over the place. What am I saying? Reba George Kittle. Okay, hold on. So then I turn on Post Malone. And I see George Kittle's face. What the fuck? George Kittle's at the Super Bowl? What the fuck? George Kittle is playing at the Super Bowl? He's that famous? He's that big? No, I just remember him being in a back alley with me one time when I was throwing up at a warehouse party. So that's some weird lore between Reba's boyfriend, Rex Lynn, who was also on CSI Miami. He was Frank Tripp. And George Kittle. That's some weird lore. Um... Yeah, so he, I guess, is like really big in on the TV now. That's cool. We love to see it. So one more quick Oklahoma 
thing that's happening other than also Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani at the Super Bowl is our hmm, this is a serious one okay this is a very serious one but our beloved cowboy passed this past week Toby Keith passed away the past week and I don't know a life without Toby like Toby has been like my entire childhood this is just some more random Oklahoma lore but um, I went to a private kindergarten I guess preschool daycare and um, Toby Keith's son also went there and so my very first memory ever of Toby Keith is probably being five years old and him coming to play like in his prime like to probably literally the year 2000 he came to play for our classroom and um i don't remember much about that day other than my teachers like making sure we we're on our best behavior and all of my like girl teachers who i thought were super old at the time and of course they're probably like 25 like fangirling over him i remember sitting crisscross applesauce and this cowboy boy playing with his guitar acoustic and we're sitting crisscross applesauce and they're like 40 of us and um i came home that day and i was like mom a cowboy came to sing to our classroom and she was like what toby keith <laughs> she was like what yeah so that was really cool um so toby's from my he's from moore oklahoma i'm from norman oklahoma they're basically the same city in some ways um tiny moore's a lot smaller than norman norman has um it's a college town we do have the university of oklahoma and um, it's just where I've spent the majority of my life. So Toby Keith also has restaurants in Oklahoma. He has, I love this bar. He also was an investor, is an investor in one of the main like um, country clubs and golf courses here. So anyways, I've just seen him around, right? Like for like years. It's like the famous guy in the town that you live in. And maybe you're from like a big city and you're not used to that. But like if you're from a small town, there's likely or not even likely. I don't know if you guys could hear that. There's, I don't know, maybe, I guess this, this doesn't happen to everyone, but like he would just always be there, whether he was in the back of a restaurant um, and we had to be like all hush hush about it or in middle school, he'd be like coaching his son's football team and I'd be there helping out the football players. I, I was a water girl, like he was just always there, but back it up a little bit. Speaking of my mom's boyfriends, right? So this one wasn't really a boyfriend, but my mom is just like gorgeous, okay? So little did I know we were gonna go to a Toby Keith concert. Um, the year is 2003 or maybe 2004. No, it's 2004, October 17th, 2004. Okay, okay. So I'm nine years old. The year is 2004. And my mom is like, we are going to go to a concert tonight. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yes. Slay queen. Love it. Thanks, mom. Let's go to a show. But little did I know we were going to go to my second concert ever. And we had floor seats. I'm also in the prime of my Lizzie McGuire days. So I'm over here, nine years old, really thinking I'm about to be the next worldwide Lizzie McGuire songwriter because I'm also writing songs like Girls Rule and Girls Rock and so is Hillary. So so I'm in my prime nine-year-old era and it was just the coolest thing ever to be at the end of the catwalk. Toby's like doing some peace signs to me. We're at an arena, my first arena. Um, the other concert I had been to before was Kiss and Aerosmith and that was the only other show and, was, and it was an outdoor amphitheater. So this was the first time I really got to experience, you know, that. 
the feeling, <laughs> the feeling of the rumble of the feet in an arena, the feeling of the base beneath your feet for the first time in an arena. So this is one of the best days and one of the most memorable memorable days of my life because it was the first time I was in an arena, the first time I felt all of that, and probably the first time I was ever that musically um, inspired because we also, for the very first time, went backstage. This is my first time to ever be backstage at an arena or in an arena and I'm nine years old and I'm with Toby Keith and basically it was just a quick meet and greet. Um, to I don't know. I don't even know. I don't know what was going on. I think we were actually done with the meet and greet at that point since my mom was friends with, you know, crew members. I don't know. That was just the first like backstage memory. One of the first big memories, glamorous memories I've, I have and continued to have with him living in my hometown and being a constant reminder of what one person can do and achieve. And um, I also, honestly, I live, my family has lived on the same side of town as him growing up. And so even just driving by his house, like I would just truly drive by his house when I felt super depressed, like just to feel the energy of someone who has made it that big for my hometown. And um, I don't know. So I just wanted to raise a figurative red solo cup and pour one out for Toby. Toby, you changed my life. And I, I say that often in these episodes, I think because we're still in the early stages, we're in the stages of like us getting to fucking know each other. Okay. And Toby Keith is, I mean, I know most of his songs I'm mm, up until like 2005. So I can't say that, but I know the fun one. No, 2010. I know the fun ones. If you did not know this, Taylor Swift and Toby Keith, Toby was one of the first people ever to bring Taylor to Big Machine Records and um, help get her signed. If I'm not mistaken, someone fact checked me also, but if I'm not mistaken, like Toby had a chance to sign her on his record, maybe? Oh, I don't know. Something like that. But I don't know. I know that he took Taylor to this label and was like, this girl is incredible. I know she had already sent in her single, whatever. Oh my God, I'm probably getting this so wrong. Even Taylor Swift says that Toby Keith is like everything to her and that he really took a big chance on her. And um, I don't think a lot of people know that. Like she also was supposed to open up for Kenny Chesney's tour super early on that Toby helped her get on, but she couldn't because of Kenny being sponsored by a liquor sponsor. So anyways, there has been some like Toby Taylor energy in Norman forever. And um, <laughs> I don't know where I'm trying to go with this. Rest in peace, Toby Keith. This week is Valentine's and I'm just not in the mood for that. And so, um, like, not that I'm not, not that I, I'm not anti-Valentine's. In fact, I do not want to say it's one of my favorite holidays, but I do love the core belief behind the holiday because I'm not really a birthday person. I'm not really a Jesus person. I'm a God person. I love, I love, you know, yay, just Christmas, whatever. Thanksgiving just seems super white. Uh, Easter, Jesus-y, mm, you know what I mean? So Valentine's Day is like, it's sweet. It's a sweetie. It's a sweetie holiday. And I don't like feel left out or behind or like I need to participate 
um, because I'm participating in love in the best fucking way possible ever this year. And that's self-love. And in fact, I'm indulging in it. And I encourage you to indulge in the same thing. But I wanted to mention one more thing about Miss Taylor Swift that is a phenomenon. And that's like the fact that the entire world is obsessed with her lore. The entire world is like obsessed with her like lust and with her um, like lure, lure, lust, lore. I'm looking for the correct word here. Lure, like luring, mystery. Because she leaves so many Easter eggs and no one knows what she's doing because she doesn't talk openly openly like this. She's not going on podcasts all the time saying exactly what she's doing. Like we have to, we get to see it. Okay, we know now. Now we know Taylor did win. She won for album of the year at the Grammys. I love it. She won Midnight's and she dragged Lana up there. And I think there's some also some weirdness going on here with Lana and Taylor and Gaga because... Like, a few days after the Grammys, Gaga also happened to just randomly, like, comment on a whole bunch of TikTok posts and say that she stands Lana for the first time. Like, that's the first time she's publicly declared that from my knowledge. So what? Huh? I hope it does happen. There's just so much, like, drama and, like, celebrity lore in this episode. I love it. But since I am, like, super happy to be single on Valentine's Day, I wanted to talk to you about what that's like. I wanted to talk to you about how the fuck to be hot and dangerous, why it's fun to be hot and dangerous, why I hope, please, to God, I hope you're not sitting around sad because you don't have a Valentine's Day date. That's the last thing you need to do or be this year is sad because you don't have a date. I think it's like, sometimes I swear it's like the universe or like this, like the holiday, like people are like, if you don't have a date, then it's like you're at home, kind of like sad, kind of like on your own. It's almost like we can only have one or the other on Valentine's Day. It's like, oh, you don't have a relationship. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. But I'm like, we don't have to be anti-Valentine's Day either. We don't have to have a boyfriend. We don't have to be anti-Valentine's Day. We can just like fucking love ourselves and, and let other people love us and call it a day. There we go. Period. The end. Because in my past, I was not hot and dangerous. I was not hot and dangerous. I was curious and boundaryless. I was curious. I was curious and pantyless. I was curious, Georgeless panties. I didn't give a fuck in the past about my standards of like love and Valentine's Day. And I used to like play the like that woo Valentine's Day card like wear like the pink blazer, the pink lipstick, like be all in. And I, and you know, when I'm like feeling festive, I'm still down to celebrate that because like I said, it is a fun holiday because we love a holiday about love because that's life. But all of these expectations kind of make it really easy to feel shit about yourself when I just want to remind you, how about this? How about you pause? You pause and you think about what have your past Valentine's Day dates been like? Have any of them been up to your standard or up to par that you can think of? Like, pause. Because for me, when I think about, God, I fucking hate to say this, but it's the truth. My last two relationships in total literally lasted eight and a half years, eight to nine years, like three and one and like five and a half and the other. Yeah. So 
my past, you know, it's, it's so funny because I really only think about two Valentine's Days, three in the past, like, you know, decade that were actually even slightly memorable and they were vastly different. And so here's what I want to say. So in the past, like, let's say decade, I've been in two major relationships, one with a, a female, one with a male. And um, okay, let's just go ahead. So when I was 19, I first started dating a woman, right? And we go on a date. In fact, it's our first date. In fact, it's our first date on Valentine's Day. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? How the fuck? Oh my God. I, oh my God. I haven't talked about this or thought about this in so long. I remember like, do I shave? <laughs> like, oh, what should I wear? Do I wear a dress? Is that too girly for like two girls going to dinner? Is this actually a date? Am I actually into this person? What's going on? Whoa, actually, it does make my heart flutter a little bit when I think about it because it was so sweet and innocent. And it was one of those moments where when you go on a date with a woman for the very first time, oh my God, it's so sweet. It's so sweet and so nerve wracking and so happy. And you really don't know what to expect when you sit down because you're like, okay, you're just like me or not. Or you're the exact opposite. Or we're nothing alike and you're just another human. Tell me everything about you. I ended up having a lovely very first Valentine's um, gay date with this woman. We did go home and I did sleep with a woman for the first time. Um, that's not the point. What I'm trying to say is mm, it still wasn't up to my par. But I was 19, okay? I was 19. So this is kind of like where it all like kind of goes down the hill. This is the very first day I should have said, nope, I need more. So the person I was dating was an artist. And a, um, and so she shows up to this date in rags. <laughs> oh, that sounds awful. I shouldn't say it like that. I shouldn't say it like that. She she shows up with a hole, like holes all in her outfit, which is like, you know, it's style, bro. It's cool. It's hot. And actually, to be honest, in this moment, I do remember thinking, wow, she looks so hot. Like, this is so, this is cool. I'm so down. But um, now looking back, I'm like, huh? What? The very first date you were going to wear a like shredded shirt with like holes in the, what? And so, I don't know. Okay, so that was the first like lesbian date. It went beautifully other than it just could have gone a little bit better um, because we also went back home to her flat that had like four roommates that were guys and it and that was the first time I ever slept with a woman and it was like and we just you know we just had to be really quiet <laughs> so oh my oh my oh my speaking of Taylor mystery that's not me I can't relate but I actually, I slightly can. Okay, so hold on. So then another Valentine's Day that I think about that comes to mind too um, with my other ex-partner that was a boy because the other ones that went uh, with the female didn't also, they just didn't go well either. So because we were long distance. She lived in England. I lived in America. And I was just living over there for the meantime. So then I'm in this relationship starting 2019 with, no, 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 starting 2017 with this man and our very first Valentine's ever, you guys get this, <laughs> our very first Valentine's Day ever, he does pay for the dinner, but kind of made it like a kind of, it was just like, you know, you know, when you're kind of like pushing the budget a little bit, like, you know, I did offer, of course, too. Of course, I fucking offered. Okay. Like I'm not a monster. 
I did offer. I do expect for him to pay for the first date or her or whatever because that's just who I am. So this person pays for dinner, but I ended up getting us a cute little hotel. And it was a nice hotel because I just wanted to spend some time with this boyfriend, not at his nasty fucking house with his fucking roommate on Valentine's Day. So I get us a hotel. We have a great night. Um... You know, things were kind of weird and off balance, just like a little bit, but it was our very first time getting a hotel together and also our very first Valentine's Day together. It wasn't, it wasn't weird to me. And the next morning, I remember him, us getting in a very distinctive fight. I mean, like very distinctive, okay? Like the next day I can visualize him sitting at the kitchen table in this hotel room in this hotel because it was had like it was like a suite and he's sitting there with his hands with his head in his hands and he's upset with me and I'm like what uh, what did I do why why are you upset with me like we just had sex we had a great night it was dinner got a whole outfit for it like it was it was just like such a cute night what's going on why are you mad and he proceeds to tell me he's mad because I got the hotel and didn't tell him I surprised us like the day before we went. What? You're mad because I got us a hotel? Why? What do you mean? What do you mean? Why are you mad because I got us a hotel? That's confusing. I wanted to do that for it. Why is that a problem? So anyways, what I'm trying to say is like, okay, my very first Valentine's date with my first partner, my first real relationship, she's showing up in like rags. The second time um, he is pissed because I bought the hotel because he couldn't afford it. And so he was mad at me because I did that as a gift for us. So what, huh? Do you see what I'm saying? I'm just trying to like raise these standards here. So when I think about this year for Valentine's, I'm so happy to be alone. I'm so happy to be treating myself to not have any weird expectations or like surprises come out of anywhere or you never know. Actually, you never know on Valentine's Day. I do feel like exes happen to pop up on Valentine's Day. This year, I'm going to block them all to make sure not even one can come through. However, I do... Here's what I do think should happen on Valentine's Day. I think you should express your love and gratitude for someone or something. It doesn't have to be you. It doesn't have to be your partner. It doesn't have to be your boyfriend. It doesn't have to be your girlfriend. It doesn't have to be... It doesn't have to be someone that is that is expecting a gift from you or is expecting your love to be like it, like again expectations no they're out for 2024 so communication in but also just showing appreciation in so little things that I like to do on Valentine's Day that genuinely bring me joy not thinking about being in a relationship first and foremost I can buy myself flowers Shout out to Miley, who also completely stole the show at the Grammys. We already know that show. She was so good. She stole the show on purpose. That is a hot and a dangerous woman. Mm, God, we love some Miley, especially Miley doing a Tina tribute. I died. I died. I died. I died. I died. As I've mentioned before, too, I'm in a extreme Tina era. I mean, I can't even talk about her without tearing up way more than like anyone in my life. More than Gaga. Like... Tina fucking Turner is everything. So Miley stole the show there. RIP Tina. RIP Toby. RIP Valentine's Day. This is the year of self-love. Even if you're in a relationship, like just show fucking love for your life by buying yourself flowers or by communicating to your partner. You know, I don't want anything. 
this year. But one thing I do love is flowers. And just when people buy me flowers or when I buy flowers for people or even just having flowers in the house, I don't know if it's like the plant photosynthesis side of part of me that's just like, yay, plant or chlorophyll. (laughs) Is that a plant? Or if I'm like, I just think there's a small act of kindness in buying someone flowers. And so, I don't know, my mom and my sister just stopped by and they just gave me a beautiful big bouquet of flowers and chocolates and brought me so much nice water. And that is love. That's love. That's love to me. I don't need a fancy dinner. I don't want you to dress up in your rags because you think it looks super cool. Like, let's just save that for a show. Like, Valentine's Day, like, let's snuggle and talk. Or let me snuggle myself up with some flowers and talk to myself. (laughs) I think what I'm trying to say is there, like, there are just no expectations this year. And I'm so thrilled to feel like this. Like, genuinely, from the heart and from the soul. And I wanted to share this type of feeling and vibe because... It's taken a long time to be able to get here. Even like me in high school was like, who's going to be my Valentine? So I don't know about you. I'm not here with any big revelation this week other than I don't need a Valentine's. And if you're listening to this before Valentine's, I hope that you actually know. Here's what I want you to do, okay? Here's what I want you to do. I'm serious. I'm serious. This is what I'm doing for myself. This is what I've set aside time to do. This is what I did today. And I do. I want you to go buy yourself some fucking flowers. Please, like, do it. Like, it will make you feel so good. It's like a weird, random act of kindness for yourself that literally makes the entire environment just a better place to be in. I want you to get some chocolate. I want you to paint your nails red. I want you to put a face mask on. I want you to buy yourself a nice dinner. I want you to say some affirmations in the mirror. I want you to take a hot steamy fucking bath or a hot steamy fucking shower. And I want you to fucking sit there. Sit there in your pamper. And also it's not pampering. I had a friend last week who chimed in and was like, girl, it's not pampering. Um, Pampering is not a word in my book. That's actually something I just include in my bi-weekly routine. Okay, get it straight. So I want to be at her level. You know who you are. But I want you to sit in this fucking bath or shower if you're single on Valentine's Day or even if you're not single on Valentine's Day, if you just want to do a different fucking tradition. And I want you to spend some fucking time for yourself and ask yourself these questions. So to me, in order to be hot and dangerous, first and fucking foremost, well here, it only truly takes like three things it takes knowing yourself protecting yourself and surrendering which is weird but I think I need to add that so how the fuck do you know yourself if you want to be hot and dangerous this year sit in this fucking steam shower in this bath and ask yourself what do I love about myself No, I'm serious. Like three things. Say it out loud, bitch. Say it out loud. What do I love about myself? Take time to think about this. Be in the feeling. Be in the moment. Don't just dismiss this and keep going. I think so many people I know right now are dismissing their feelings for busyness or for productivity. If we're going to continue to use the word efficient this year, I think that that's silly, okay? We can't ignore our feelings. 
we have to sit with them. So when you sit with yourself and you ask yourself, what do I love about myself? What do you come up with? If we're going to think about Valentine's Day as just a day for love, like there's no filling in the gap there. I don't need to have a boyfriend. You don't need to have a boyfriend. You don't need to have a girlfriend. None of us need to have anything other than what we have right in front of us or even inside of us, (laughs) our hearts. But also ask yourself this, what do I love to do? What are my hobbies? What are my values? What are my morals? And sit there like you are your job and like you are an assignment. Sit there and figure yourself out. Doing that is loving yourself. Spending time to address what you believe in and getting in closer touch with your intuition is only going to make you that much more untouchable is only going to make you that much more hot and dangerous and sexy and just fucking badass. So step one into becoming a hot and dangerous bad bitch that loves herself is number one, identifying yourself. It's a weird act of self-love that I don't think we talk about enough. Self-identification, sitting with yourself. Because once you sit with yourself and get to know yourself as if it's in a way that's muscle memory, so that no one can come in and change it, that's power, that's dangerous, that's Taylor Swift, that's untouchable, that's lust, that is sexuality. Being someone that knows themselves is another way of saying confidence. So a lot of people, when you think about how to be hot and dangerous, step one, confidence. Okay, but yeah, let's actually say that in a different way. Step one, self-identifying. The more you know yourself, the more confident you become. The more you know your strengths, the more you know what you can handle. And love is an energy. I talk about energy all the time because it's just kind of where I am in my life. But love is an energy. So step two to becoming hot and dangerous is to protect yourself. And that includes your emotions. That includes you. That doesn't just mean protecting your dog and your cats and your baby and your best friend's hearts or your own heart. It means protecting your energy so that if you were to ever get to a point where you can't self-identify, you at least have enough energy to do so. And also because as we've experienced, people like to take our energy away from us subconsciously because of their own desires. And that's human. But if you don't have strong boundaries, that's just going to take away from you. Back to Taylor Swift, as I've continuously said, I think what is so powerful about her is her self-power. She really believes in herself, clearly. She saw this vision in her head, which is also what I want you to do when you're sitting in the bath or the shower and, and just taking some time to self-love. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to visualize your life. I want you to visualize your life as your highest self, which means if you got all the reward in the world, if you had everything you can ever imagine, who are you in that environment? Who are you if you were Taylor Swift for a day? How do you love yourself? How do you draw your boundaries? Who are you if you're a mom of five for a day because that's your dream? How do you take care of, how do you protect your boundaries? I 
I personally think that when you can start to visualize your highest self, you can start to kind of break down the routines it takes to be her. And when you're visualizing yourself at your highest self continuously, you do start to become her. And it feels fucking good. It feels really fucking good. It feels so good. I want to go scream at the TV just to know who's winning right now. Literally so bad right this second. And why? Like, that's not me. Why am I even saying this? Because it's fun. And after you get past the point of like deep self-identification, you kind of get into this whimsical side of life because you identify with what you like to do. You identify with what brings you fun. You're not just around a whole bunch of like bullshit, bullshit anymore that you don't identify with or you don't have fun around or yeah, I find myself now protecting my assets such as my songwriting my family my truest thoughts more than I ever have whereas before I think I really thought I needed to share my opinions share everything going on in my life and and share all of my energy and I know it might seem like I'm sharing a lot on this podcast but believe it it's kind of weird that I'm I am no matter the fuck what I'm exposing my life but at the same time there's so much more Valentine's Day I'm just kind of like it just is what it is. It is what it is. No harm, no shame. Um, a weird, happy, amazing thing that happened this past week is I reunited with one of my dearest and best friends. And maybe one day I can tell you guys about that. It's so super sensitive to me right now that that's actually a really great example of protecting my assets because she is someone that is so important to my life and like again I also don't know a life without her so the time that we needed to take apart was hard but it also was necessary um but it just brings but that also just brings me to my conclusion which is unconditional love you know what unconditional love looks and feels like you also know what unconditional love doesn't look like and doesn't feel like and if you're not feeling that from your partner right now, which I don't think I ever felt from my partners and they said they did. And this is like me speaking with eight to nine years of legit experience. There's something wrong there. So after you learn how to envision your life, the life that you want for yourself, after you learn who you are, your morals, your values, your standards, what you stand for, what your hobbies are, what your interests are, who your friends are, who your family is, who you trust, like that becomes kind of unshakable and unbreakable and you kind of move to step two, which is protecting that because you don't want to let anyone in that could fuck with that ever again because that is what equals love to you. That is like Valentine's Day. That like protecting your assets is love. Protecting what you've built is love. And of course we can share that. That's a whole other episode. But lastly, it's surrender. It's being the boss and surrendering. In order to be hot and dangerous, you need to envision your life. Have the routines that match it. Number two, protect those assets. And be a little mysterious about it. Not everyone needs to know every side of you. If you think you know every side of me just because of this podcast, you are poorly mistaken. Even I don't know every version of me and I cannot wait to get to know her more. But number three is be the boss. Taylor Swift is the fucking boss. 
And being the boss doesn't look like telling people what to do. Being the boss, I truly think, is just identifying with yourself so strongly you won't take what doesn't add up for a good answer. Or also being the boss means you can surrender equally and you can also drop your ego. And if there are 10 people telling you that I'm doing this the wrong way, I'm going to question that and wonder if I'm doing it the wrong way. But at the end of the day, I think that trusting our intuition and self-identifying and getting to know ourselves better and buying ourselves flowers and fucking screaming at the TV just because. And my, and you know what? My leg hair is still just as long as it was two weeks ago. In fact, clearly much longer. So self-love and love is just starting to look so different than it ever fucking has. And I am so much happier than I've ever been just by identifying with myself in the past year. Just by consistently being like, okay, who the fuck am I? Who the fuck am I not going to let into my life ever again? Who the fuck am I going to make sure is so far away from what I've built? I'm not, I'm kind of like all over the place with this one. And I hope this isn't like too surface level because we can get so much further into like your power and self-identifying um, and also like um, protecting your energy because obviously tons of people come in and they try to take that shit and they want your energy. They want your responses. They want your reactions, but no. And no, 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 this is the year we love ourselves. So I'm going to go finish watching the Super Bowl for Miss Tay Tay. Actually, should I just go ahead? Hold on. I'm just going to go ahead and Google it from where we're sitting right now. <laughs> Wait, my mom just texted me and said, my ex-boyfriend's girlfriend sing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. Best of luck to you, Rex. Best of luck. Happy Valentine's Day, bitches. I hope you love yourself this year. It's about fucking time. Actually, go look yourself in the mirror. And I want you to do this, okay? Actually, hold on. Pause. Before I get to that, let's just check the score. Oh, shit. It's 19 to 19. With three seconds left, I got to go. 